brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Good evening, football fans. It's Little Dan with the latest Wolves Fancast World Cup chat show. On tonight's show, I've got with me, Yam Yam Luke. Uh, how are we doing, my good friend? Good. Good. Not doing too bad, Ed. What about yourself? All good, mate. I've, uh, I'm, I'm fully invested in the World Cup now. I'm, I'm, I'm getting past the uh, the dark side of the World Cup. I'm just seeing Qatar as just a really crap footballing country that we can just laugh at. Let's just try and ignore the... Uh, the bigger problems that, that comes with this tournament. We'll, we'll sort FIFA and, and that out straight afterwards. On tonight's show, we're going to talk about all the fixtures that have uh, been played out so far, from the shock win for Saudi Arabia over Argentina, the uh, Chris Sutton predicted Japan 2-1 win over Germany, which was massively bold and, and correct, can't knock the guy. And we've just finished watching Portugal beat Ghana 3-2 in a group uh, H of the um, the World, World Cup. Cup, yeah. But we'll talk about Wolves quickly for a second. We, we did mention it on the last show. Uh, Scott Sellers officially been announced as left uh, the club this evening. Eight years at the club, academy coach, all the way up to technical director or whatever his official title was. Inevitable, but glad to see a new era coming in at Molyneux, Luke. Yeah, definitely. I think it's what we needed. Um... Things had gone stale, and obviously, fingers pointed at Bruno, fingers were being pointed at Jeff and at um, Sellers. And after looking at his, his tactics board that, that got shown on Twitter, I think, I think it was the, the right decision. That was uh, another big sort of um, object for the Wolves fans to slap in with, wasn't it? That tactics board. It was obviously, you do a lot of work with Albury United. You've got a bit more advanced uh, equipment than that, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, we've got um, the dots to replicate the opposition. He only had the dots to represent Wolves. So, already we're light years ahead of the uh, the technology that, that Mr Sellers was using by the looks of things. I mean, the, the tactics that were actually on display on that board were just mind-blowing, weren't they? It was just one pass to the midfielder and then one through ball. I mean... <laughs> I ain't got any UEFA coaching badges, but I don't really feel like I'm far off winning like a, a Premier League side head coach role. Well, mate, if that's the standard, then I think we've all got a chance. As always, thanks for joining us on the Wolves Fancast YouTube channel. If you want to join in the chat tonight, you can join us by the uh, link you can see on your screen, streamyard.com forward slash YUQ6XPFIDZ. Um, one of the things that we're going to be discussing on tonight's show, obviously we're, we're we're near enough all the way through the first round of fixtures. We've got one last fixture tonight, Brazil versus Serbia, which should be a bit of a corker, to be fair, because Brazil are one of the main front runners. You, you, you heard me talk in depth why well, I thought Brazil were going to win the tournaments on our last episode. But Serbia, um, I wouldn't say massive, massive long shots, but 
you can't write them off, can you, with the squad that they've got at the moment? No, I think I think you could even class them as a little bit of a dark horse. I mean, if one of those or Switzerland gets out the group, um, I think they'll give they'll they'll give they'll give teams a game. Um, I, I think I'm looking forward to that game. I think it'll be be a good one. Like I think we mentioned on the last one, Serbia. They've actually got some decent players. Milinkovic Savic, absolutely fantastic. Um, Mitrovic probably won't even get a game. I mean, I don't know what they're going to line up with, but obviously they've got Vlahovic as well. So if 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 they just play one central striker, Mitrovic might have to miss out and look at the form that he's been in with Fulham. That's it. That's it. Vlahovic for, for Juventus is a serious top-level striker. He's been linked with Arsenal for the last two or three transfer windows. As I mentioned, we're coming towards the end of the first round of fixtures. We're going to talk about some of the... the uh, most embarrassing moments so far that have occurred. And one of them was yesterday around 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, 7-0 Spain ran out winners over Costa Rica. 82% match possession, Luke. Costa Rica did not have a shot during the entire 90 minutes. It's it's embarrassing, isn't it? It was it was like a, a Premier League team, like, like Man City against Chesterfield in the third round of the FA Cup. Um, these... <laughs> They're not the sort of games you really want to be seeing at the World Cup, but, you know, complete mismatch. And and to be fair to Spain, I know you can only really play what's put out in front of you. I know Costa Rica are no great shakes, but Spain looked decent. They looked on it. He did. Um, Gavi uh, becoming the youngest Spain player to score a, a World Cup. Third youngest in the history of the World Cup, which, um, which surprised Messi, considering how young he is, but... Spain got Germany next. Obviously, Germany lost 2-1 to Japan yesterday. What did you make of that result? I mean, when I saw the lineups, looking at the Germany lineup, it didn't... I don't think Germany have got a lineup that makes you think, oh, my God, like, the Germans are here. The Germans are coming. Like, I mean, you know, from our era, era obviously, 96 and... When there was about in the in nineteen ninety, they all sort that that era of Germany. They were like one of the top nations in the world, wasn't they? But the the same the same shadow of themselves, and I think Japan was was fully deserved of the victory as well. On the, on the balance of the game, I thought they made a real good account of themselves, and I think yeah, that's what we we love to see a bit of an upset at a World Cup as well, don't we? That's what it is. I I understand. Um certain fun police on, on Twitter moaning about the quality of the World Cup at the moment on the back of a few nil-nil draws. But that yesterday in Saudi Arabia versus Argentina, that's yeah. what we all tune in for. It's it's similar to the World Cup, isn't it? Everyone wants to see the underdog get the win. And the, uh, the games that we've saw so far, I, I've been quite, quite happy with the sort of content that we've been given from a football point of view, considering that of all the negativity that's gone into the tournament. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's been quite interesting. You know, when you're really, really looking into the games, looking into the fixtures, looking into the fixtures coming up, how the groups... I know it's very, very early days and everyone's only played one apart from Brazil and Serbia. Uh, but the way the groups are, are stacking up with the fixtures to play, Germany could be out Could be out of it near enough next week because they've got Spain next. Uh, yeah. Japan have got Costa Rica. Japan could be on six points. Spain, yes, yeah, so Germany could actually be out of the World Cup. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it's an absolutely huge game for um for Germany on the weekend. I, I said to a friend in a WhatsApp group yesterday that I feel watching those performances yesterday that'll be it'll be a comfortable Spain two 0 or three 0 mm-hmm. victory. I, yeah. I didn't think sort of 
Germany were were massively poor, but the the way that um, Spain was zinging it around, I know Costa Rica were poor and didn't really try and lay a glove on Spain, but I felt the way that Spain knocked that ball around yesterday, they, they would have beat most teams that they played against. They're the they're the one team that I've seen so far that I, I really don't want England to come up against. What Germany remind me of at the moment is sort of England from the sort of early noughties or the early nineties when well you know, around 92, 94, that era, when we wasn't even qualifying for the World Cup. But they, they just look like a last 16, quarter-final-ish sort of team at best at the moment. And, I, I mean, if I'm being honest, I don't even think they'll make that. I just don't think Germany have got that acceleration in individual or as a team in, in passage of play. The, the, the more solid, Gundogan's one of my favourite midfielders in the Premier League because he, mm. he makes so many basic things look... Uh, sorry, difficult things look simple. I, I think he's a serious talented midfielder. And if, if he doesn't sign a, a new contract for Man City in the summer, whoever gets him is going to get an exceptional midfielder. Okay. Uh, I just want to talk about England for, for a quick second because Stu in the comments section has said everything that's happened since the England game has made that result even more impressive. Uh, England went out 6-2 winners against Iran. But I'm, I'm thinking long-term here. Let's say, I mean, we all hope we're all wishing that England go on to win this tournament. Say we get knocked out in the quarterfinals by France. Where, where does that leave Gareth Southgate for you? What, what, where do you see his career progression after this? Do you, do you see him going back into club football or is he a sort of sporting director? Does he go into the England fold as some sort of higher uh, member? What, what's your thoughts on Gareth Southgate long term? I don't think he's a club manager at all. Um me personally, now this is going to sound bizarre because he's actually on paper one of the most successful England managers of all time. But I, I still don't think he's the right guy for the job. Even if we were to go on to win the World Cup, I still don't think Southgate is, is the right guy for the job, as mental as that may sound. But I think he will sort of step into an FA sort of ambassadorial sort of role. And, and that's Southgate's future long time. You know, he's very much liked by the FA. Um, I don't want to say he's a yes man, but he's a bit of a yes man. Um, so that'll stand him in good stead. And I think, you know, if we were to get knocked out in the quarterfinals to France, who, who uh, they're going to be there or thereabouts, aren't they? One of the best teams at, at this tournament. Um, would you class it as a disappointment? Possibly not just due to the level of opposition that you've been knocked out to. But I would think that that would be deserving of him being sacked. Might be a bit harsh, but it's just not for me. It's just not for me personally. I've, I've listened to another few podcasts this week, and um, there, there, there just seem to be a, a different tact of chat in regards to Gareth Southgate. Because you look at the, the last few England tournaments before Southgate under sort of Hodgson, and how sort of demoralised and just how disconnected we were as fans with those England sides. You can't really knock him as a England coach to get us into these latter stages of the last two tournaments, it's, and it looks like we should at least reach the, the quarterfinals of this. He's he's done a good job, hasn't he? To be fair, yeah, he has. That's, on paper, he's one of the one of the most successful England managers of all time with his record of a final, a semi final. Uh, if he used to take us to a, a quarter final, at least this time. So yeah, it would be quite harsh, but. <sighs> With England, I thought we looked really, really good. I thought we looked really good against Iran. And all right, people might say it was only Iran, but I think we looked really comfortable. We looked like a well-coached team. Um, 
with respect to sort of Southgate and, and his coaching team. But I want to see us when we when we get tested, when we do meet a France, when we do meet a Spain. Is that when we go back to Southgate? I think he's, he's just too negative for me. Too negative. Yeah. We'll come up against someone half decent and you just know two City midfielders. You'd, look, you'd, you'd like to think on, on the back of the um, losing the Euro final with the negativity that came after we went 1-0 up that you'd hope he'd, he'd learn from his lesson. You have to give the likes of sort of France, Spain, Brazil, Argentina a bit of respect. I think yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't sort of begrudge him if he went to a back five against those sides. Because I think from a centre-half point of view, we're not, we're not strong. Harry Maguire is still having half decent games for England. I can't knock him. He's whatever he happens in a Man United shirt happens in a Man United shirt, but he's never really let England down as such. Obviously, we want to talk about in, other England managers for the time being because I mentioned Roy Hodgson. And you look at the tournament that we had under Fabio Capello. We all thought Fabio Capello was probably going to be the the missing oh, piece God, of the jigsaw yeah. when he took over the, with the CV that he had. Um, one of the main things that I remember from. Capello's era was that he banned tomato ketchup from the England the players' menu. diet. Yeah. What what sort of where, where do you stand on tomato ketchup? Would you have banned ketchup, or what what sort of thing would you implore that the England players to have in the diet? Because if it was me, I would have had them bathing in tomato ketchup after games. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a nutritionist, but I wouldn't imagine tomato ketchup to be at the top of the list of foods that or condiments that need to be banned from from the dinner table it's bizarre it it, is bizarre um i mean if if you're saying like yeah kfc kebab meat and chips fair enough but tomato ketchup when was the capella what was that 2010 in south africa yeah would have been yeah yeah. that's a horrible world cup that was for us horrible even talking about like moments when i think did we like draw against algeria and like Mm -hmm. wayne rooney was on the camera saying it's nice to see your own own fans booing you. <laughs> just look, just look how far that we've come under from those tournaments. Because I, I'm still not madly invested in the English side, but I think this group of players are quite likable to a degree. I can't yeah. find a reason to dislike Jack Grealish. I've tried so many times because with his Villa connections, but I just I, I love him. He's sound. I think he's sound as fuck. I'd love to be his mate. I would because he's he's just. A young lad from Brum, living his dream, playing football, living and his he's dreams. actually pretty good at it. I still don't think he realises how famous he is. He's living the dream, playing for England at a World Cup, scoring at a World Cup, and just talked and just touching on that. Uh, Callum Wilson has got so much goodness in his heart that it exceeds whatever Santa Claus has. Because if I was through on goal at five-one for England in a World Cup, no way am I squaring it there. What about you? Well, I think if, if we had Callum Wilson running through against, was it Croatia? And he, when Kane should have squared it to Sterling. Yeah. You know. So, Sliding doors. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I was, I was really happy for Callum Wilson because obviously he's he's really come the the, the hard way to reach the pinnacle of, of the game, hasn't he? And yeah. again, he just seems like a pretty normal down-to-earth guy who's just living his dream. And, I, I, still, I still think our scouts... We're providing reports to Kenny Jacket, and we were supposed to sign Callum Wilson, not Leon Clark. Yeah. Yeah. The defo said to Jacket, mixed lad race up top for Coventry. And he's seen Leon Clark and said, yeah, that's the one. That's him. That's the lad. I'll have him. I don't care that he used to play for Wolves. 
and he didn't really work out on the first period, but I'll have him. Um, this is like a really daft question because I was thinking about this on, on, on my way. I'm listening to a National Lottery advert. If you was to win the National Lottery advert, what players' celebration from a World Cup would, would, would you celebrate to the news that you've won the lottery? Roger Miller. Roger Miller dancing in the corner flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd go for a bit of Roger Miller. Because there's so many like iconic celebrations from World Cups. The the the, the Paolo Rossi when he's just shouting goal for yeah, like, yeah, ages. Yeah. The Diego Man at Maradona um just off his tits straight down the camera. <laughs> I think that I think I'd be like along them lines, just Diego Maradona just completely just off your tits. Out of body experience. I'm already off my tits and I haven't even spent my winnings yet. <laughs> Speaking of um, Argentina, obviously the biggest shock so far of the tournament was Saudi Arabia beating them uh, 2-1 on, on Tuesday. Argentina actually went 1-0 ahead in the game uh, due to a Lionel Messi penalty. They were unlucky not to, to go 2-0 in front when Lautaro Martinez made it 2-0 but was just offside. Uh, Saudi Arabia absolutely defended like beavers in that 90 minutes. How impressed were you with with Saudi Arabia's win and in particular the, the winning goal? I thought it was a great performance, a really good performance because Argent, you know, they could have allowed Argentina just to sort of sit on the ball, knock it about, obviously as as the stronger team, man for man. But those in their faces, they made it uncomfortable for them, and I think they got the just rewards. And the second goal, great finish. Absolutely fantastic finish. Um, the technique to bend that into the top bin, decent celebration as well. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't a ten out of ten on the um, the, the gymnastics uh, judges the... cards, but we all love a uh, handspring to a, a backflip. <laughs> it wasn't quite Lamina Lua Lua, but it was but it was half decent. Um, I used to back not... myself to do a good Fustino Asprey in junior school level. But <laughs> I never attempted a backflip, not even like um, on a trampoline. I just don't back myself to do that back. I do a front flip all day, but the backflip is it's exceptional. I mean, where did we have Argentinians come on the I predictor last week? The semi finals. I think they got beat by Brazil in the semi finals. I think you and Rich were like leaning towards an Argentina winning the semi finals, but because I was hosting, I uh, pulled rank. <laughs> when looking at their starting lineup against Saudi Arabia, you know, we had the conversation in the WhatsApp group, didn't we? It just didn't look good at all. It looked quite... It, it looked no worse fluidity. No fluidity. Nicholas Otamendi at 34 years old at centre-half. Uh, Christian Romero, who's, who's just come from back from injury. As you mentioned, Sean DePaul, with a bit of temperature in the midfield. <laughs> um, but... I've noticed like a lot of people have been uh, slagging off Cristiano Ronaldo in the past uh, 15 years because that's how much they've been hating on the guy who's most, he's the most exceptional striker in international football history, beating Ali Doye recently. Um, but you look at Lionel, Lionel Messi's uh, performance against Saudi Arabia League, I don't think he broke uh, faster than three miles per hour in the whole of the match. So w- w- why does he not get the same sort of flack as Cristiano Ronaldo? It's baffling, mate. It's baffling because, right, the thing with the Messi and Ronaldo debate is, obviously you've got Team Messi and Team Ronaldo and it's like, neither will back down. Like, why can't we just say, look, they're both exceptionally talented footballers who have won everything that the game can offer, but Cristiano Ronaldo is just a little bit better. Why is it so hard for people to, just... to understand that? 
I had a, a chat with a well-respected uh, Wolves personality on Twitter yesterday that said they wouldn't have Cristiano Ronaldo at Wolves. Uh, what what was your opinions on that, Luke? Would you take Cristiano Ronaldo at Wolves? It's not financially feasible. We all know <laughs> this. But hypothetically, does Cristiano Ronaldo up front for Wolves improve us? Yeah, look how much money we'd make just off merchandise. Even just Let's talk about it no, purely from a footballing point of view because people say he's past it, he doesn't run. Are, are we expecting like Raul Jimenez and Diego, Diego Costa to exactly. be doing like 13 kilometres a game? If you create Cristiano Ronaldo, chances he will score goals. So, any Wolves fan out there that wouldn't have Cristiano Ronaldo in our starting level, you're smoking spice, and I'll I'll be in the hogshead one of the guys. If you want to talk to me about it, I'll I'll explain to you more because you're smoking spice. If you don't think Cristiano Ronaldo would improve our starting eleven, tell me I'm wrong, Luke. I can't, mate, because he would. Like you said, Jimenez and all right, Costa looks in good shape. Um, you know he's been working hard, but he's a better player. Have you gone? No, I'm still here, mate. So I was just he's doing a bit of um, facial reconstruction. I thought you left it on my arm. I was shitting myself, but um. But yeah, come on, come on. Like, like you said, you, you must be on Spice or Mamba or something if you wouldn't. If Cristiano Ronaldo turned around and said, listen, I want to play for Wolves. That's all I want to do. I just want to play for Wolves. And if you turned around and said, no, nah, I wouldn't take him. You're on Mamba. It's, it's ridiculous. I know um, all his haters will say Penaldo scored against uh, Angana tonight when they, when they won 3-2. What, what did you make of... The Portuguese performance and, and Ruben Neves today. I'll just before we quickly jump on that because we did a um, a shirt competition on our Wolves fancast Twitter uh, yesterday. If Ruben Neves started um, against Ghana, we'd give away a Wolves shirt. We'll be announcing the winner uh, on Twitter just after this show. What do you think to Ruben's performance and the the Portugal win? Um, it was nice to see him on the pitch. Always nice to see a leading Wolves player on the pitch. At a World Cup, and especially for a big nation like Portugal, you know it's not like we've got some Norwegian playing. Um, I thought he played okay. Don't think he was excellent. Thought he played okay. Um, who's he fighting for in that position? Who's he? Probably like William Carvalho and Danilo, maybe. I'm not yeah, sure he's Danilo that... in the squad. It's definitely William Carvalho, which I think he's head and shoulders above William Carvalho. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, he's sort of first choice in, in that sitting midfield role. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. They did all right. Portugal did all right. You know, I, I, they're a team that if we, caught, if we caught them in the quarterfinals or the last 16, it's a fixture that you'd probably take. Based on what I saw tonight and the um, the Portuguese younger players, João Felix didn't have a great game. Mm. Um, Rafael Leao obviously came off the bench and made it uh, 3-1. I just feel, I'm, I'm hoping I'm not jinxed this, I feel our younger players in the squad are better than Portugal's younger players. I still think Phil Fowler is one of the most underrated players in, in Europe at the moment. And he can't get into our starting eleven. Exactly. Um, 
Declan I think, Rice. I, he's, I, I still think I don't believe there's, there's much between Declan Rice and Ruben Neves. I think Ruben Neves has got a little bit more in his locker from an attacking point of view, but I think Rice has probably got a bit more mobility. Yeah, and I think maybe he's probably a little bit defensively stronger as well. Um, but again, it's not like there's there's levels between them. And I think if you know, I know we've 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 only beat Iran, but when you look at the England squad, man for man, I don't think there's many out there that are stronger than ours. And you look at some of the young talent like Bellingham, nineteen, Saka, unreal, mate, 19. Jude Bellingham. He gets better and better every game I see him. I'm, I'm not going to come across as some sort of German aficionado of, of, of their football. I've seen him in Champions League, Champions League games. I've seen features of him, but he, he's exceptional. 19 years old, is he? Or yeah, 18? 19. But he's, what a player. For me, he's got the potential to be one of the best central midfielders in the world. It, it, you know, like I mean, the reason he's got the number 22 is because, you know, he, he can do the job of a four, he can do the job of an eight, and he can do the job of a ten. And he actually can. He's got a bit of all of those roles in his He's game. exceptional, mate. And the, the only thing, like he even said before the game, the only thing missing from his game was goals. And I thought his, his header to put us 1-0 up was a, a mark of a serious top centre midfielder. It was a header that was like Paul Scholes-esque. Mm. Late yeah. running, tilting header, keeper nowhere near it. And I just Nothing thought his, his, his overall mate. game, it was just solid in everything that he did. He looked... Like a man playing against kids, the way he controlled tempo at times for me. And I think one of the biggest things of his game is his mentality. Like he's he's not nineteen up there. He's a twenty eight year old season pro with four title runs, three Champions League finals, seven FA Cup. You know, he, he's already playing like a player who's been there and done the lot. Like we're actually blessed to have a player like him. And like you mentioned, Foden. He can't even make our first team. And he's again, he's got to be one of the best. No one can tell me that Folden isn't one of the best young players in Europe, if not the world. Like, you just look at what he's won already, and I think he's only 21. Don't think he's, he's no older than 22, is he, Folden? And you look at what he's won already. Yeah, absolute talent. I, I don't think there's a player that can glide past challenges like him in our squad. Um, I feel Mason Mounts. Uh, a, a bit fortunate to start ahead of him, but maybe I think Southgate relies upon Mount a bit more for his defensive work. We'll talk on England, uh, USA. I've got my England top on, as you can see. I've got my Kurt Angle U USA top behind me, trying to give it a bit of a theme for the Friday game. What's your sort of thoughts for the the game on Friday night between England and America? It's, no on paper, it's similar to Wales. It's a banana skin, but based on what we saw against Iran, we should be getting three points. This this is it's this is USA's World Cup final. If you look on social media, the way the Americans are talking about England, English football, the game, everything. I mean, we all know that what percentage of Americans would decide to lose is when it comes to discussing football? 95%, 96%. You know, I think there is a small percentage of about four that you, you can have a, a decent conversation with about football. But it is going to be their World Cup final. Like this means everything to them to, to, to beat us. But after watching them against Wales, I, I know anything can happen on the day. But for me, I think it's, a it's a comfortable two or three nil. Christian Pulisic needs to have the game of eternity, not of his life, the game <laughs> of eternity. If we could keep him quiet, I just don't feel like there's any 
there's any banana skin to be concerned about. Yeah. You talked about America there. The, the, the top most embarrassing moment for me in the World Cup so far was the American chant, which I'm going to play now for the uh, YouTube viewers and the audio, audio listeners. It's called soccer! It's called soccer! It's called soccer! I mean, if that if that is if that's not a country that deserves uh, a monumental pummeling on prime time telly global, what is Luke? They just can't do it, can they? I mean, you looked at like the South Korean fans, completely different um, culture to European football, but they get it. Like their fans, they're fantastic. African fans, fantastic. Uh, European fans were all sort of much of a muchness. South American fans, absolutely fantastic, but the Americans, it blows my mind, mate. Like, when you watch them chant, it makes my eyeballs itch. Like, you just want to scratch your eyes out. Um, it, it just sounds weird. It just doesn't even sound right. It's going to be a, a comfortable win, like I've just mentioned, hopefully tomorrow night. Is it 7pm on ITV, is it, or BBC? Yeah, 7pm, 7pm. Uh, based on the uh, the World Cup group so far, Holland uh, are leading the way after the first round uh, on joint points with Ecuador. England in Group B on three points, Wales and USA on one, and Iran in fourth. Uh, based on the games that you've seen so far, Luke, who do you feel England will get in the next round based on my arrogance that we're going to win this group with nine points? I... I think we'll get Senegal. I think Senegal will be Ecuador and Qatar. I think Netherlands will be Ecuador and Qatar. Netherlands, nine points. Senegal, six. Ecuador, three. You feel Qatar, Senegal are going to be Ecuador, do you, even without yeah. Sadio Mane? Yeah, but I don't think that... I think that the Holland-Senegal game, whilst it wasn't a classic, I don't think Senegal looked too bad. I mean, you could probably flip a coin between Senegal and Ecuador. They seem quite similar in terms of level. I just think Senegal might just have a little bit too much for them. But I'd take either of them in the last 16. I really would take either of them. I'll take Holland, mate, because they didn't look great. It just shows how ingrained pessimism and uh, how bipolar I am as a football fan that after England's 6-2 win against Iran... I've pretty much used up the rest of my uh, work holiday based on England's route to the final. I've pretty, much got it, I've pretty much got every Monday off now until Christmas based <laughs> on England uh, playing on either a Friday, Saturday <laughs> or Sunday night because it's just, been, hopefully it's coming home. Uh, group C and D, we mentioned earlier, Saudi Arabia B, uh, Argentina. Do you still feel, based on that performance, that Argentina have got enough to to beat Poland and Mexico. Possibly, it's, it's going to be difficult for them. Uh, so Argentina have got Poland and Mexico. I think they'll beat Mexico. Draw with Poland, maybe. It's that they may just sneak through still, but that's an interesting group to follow. To be fair, because that's where there could be a major shock um, with Argentina going out. But the last, the last round of games, 
that group will still be all to play for. It didn't uh, come as a shock, Luke, because uh, we all knew it was going to happen. But Raul Jimenez came off the bench for Mexico in their nil-nil draw against Poland. And I did joke, and it would be fantastic for my um, just love for the game if uh, it finished Mexico one, Argentina nil, and it was Raul who got that goal. Yeah, Messi missed a penalty to Ochoa, who only ever turns up for a World Cup. He's, he must be in his 50s now, but he only he, he only appears every four years. They, they must like cocoon him for like four <laughs> years and then just bring him out, just thaw him out, because... He's, he seems like he's been playing for years and it was a big, big save from uh, Robert Lewandowski from the penalty spot. Yeah, uh, I, I think with Mexico, though, one thing I do miss is, um, oh my God, who was the keeper? He used to wear the mad keeper oh, tops. Oh, Jorge Campos. Jorge Campos. He had some mad kits, didn't he? And, and who was the other Mexican geezer? He used to get the ball in between his legs and bunny up oh, between players. Blanco. What, what an era. I mean... Oh. I think I think it's safe to say we all want to see Argentina get knocked out in the group stage. I mean, for any sort of uh, future success of winning this tournament, you, you want to see the likes of uh, Argentina and Germany going out in the group stage. Obviously, there's always uh, new and fresh cycles that that come into football uh, every now and then. And there's, there's always a bit of a shock team. I think this this South Korea gets to like the one quarter final of when. The beat, yeah, the beat Italy didn't now, and they got to the and, semis. And Spain, but that was dodgy. That yeah, was that, with that all the refereeing decisions and the penalties. That was really dodgy. That was yeah, based on the fact that France are going to romp uh, Group D after their four-one win over Australia. Uh, Denmark and Tunisia finished nil-nil. Uh, who, who do you feel is going to go through with France there? Do you know what? I backed them pre-tournament just because I like the odds. I'm still going to back Australia, you know. Just because I've got to, because they're on my team later to, to qualify. But <clears throat> I was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was shocked with how poor Denmark looked. That wasn't the team that played us in the semis at the Euros last season. And, and to be fair, Tunisia looked up for it. And I think one thing we might notice about this World Cup is the Asian and African teams get a bit of an advantage because whenever they've played, it's, it feels like a home game. But with that being Gary said, Neville did back. say in that a uh, bit of Gary Neville did say in an episode of the overlap that um, he fancied Saudi Arabia to do well in the uh, group stage because of how close Saudi Arabia is to Qatar and the amount of fans that will travel over to support. Um, was that, before in group B, game? that was before the Argentina game because Roy okay. Keane made the comment, um, well, the, are, are the fans playing for them? So it doesn't matter if it's like tens of thousands. There's only eleven people that can play on the pitch. Which there was quite a bit of a funny segment if you watch it on the overlap. But uh, yeah, Gary Neville came across uh, quite decent in that uh, spell, even though he said that Spain didn't have enough goals on them, which came back to bite him quite embarrassingly yesterday after their seven 0 win over Costa Rica. So as you see, Group E there, Spain and Japan on three points. Uh, Spain versus Germany on Saturday. It's absolutely huge game for Germany that they need. They need it. They need to win because I don't see Japan um, not beating Costa Rica. Yeah, they've, they've got to. There are. They've got to win. I, I don't even know if a, a draw won't be good enough. Like you said, Costa Rica ain't going to beat Japan. No way. Oh, that would be amazing. I love it when the Germans get knocked out early. 
Lovely. Costa Rica have been one of the worst sides that I've seen at a World Cup tournament for a for a long time. I couldn't even tell you who the worst one was last time. Uh, so that's Group E, uh, Group F, Belgium. Fortunate to win one 0 last night against Canada, who put in a, a really really good performance. Unlucky that Thibaut Courtois saved uh, Alfonso Davis's penalty, which was really poor penalty, wasn't it, Luke? Mm, yeah, it was. To be fair, it wasn't. Wasn't the best. It was a shame. I mean, I didn't get to catch all of that game, and I've only really seen the highlights and looked at the the match stats. But looks like Canada were unfortunate not to not to get twenty two shots during the ninety minutes they had against Belgium, which for a Belgium side, which a lot of people would have back to go far in the tournament, really impressive by Canada. If only they had Theo Corbiano off the bench. Well, this is it. This is it. They're missing the uh, the Maple Messi. But... I mean, the the even like. The performance of Junior Hoy like yesterday was rolling back the years. I was like laughing in the WhatsApp group saying, we surely can't be calling this guy Junior for the rest of his life <laughs> because he's he's older than me and you, Luke, I think. He can't no, be maybe, far off. Maybe me, it? not you. He can't be far off. Because he, he was old when he missed out that penalty against us, Cardiff away. And that's yeah, what I'm sure. He, I'm sure he's, he's like 37, 38 now. Um, yeah, so who's going through with uh, Belgium based on them being top of the group so far? Croatia, Morocco or Canada? I'm going to go qualifying from that group, Canada and Croatia. So that would be uh, based on Group E, Spain and Japan. Uh, Spain versus Canada and Japan versus Belgium. Tasty uh, round of 16 fixtures, those two. And then obviously we finish off with Group G and Group H. Switzerland currently leading Group G because Brazil are about to kick off in 25 minutes against Serbia. Uh, let's say I've already said that my money's on Brazil to win the tournament. Uh, who who are Brazil facing in the round of 16, Luke, out of Portugal, South Korea, Uruguay and China? Uh, sorry, Ghana. <laughs> China. I ain't got my glasses on, forgive me. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, do you know what? I like the look of both these groups and I think they're going to be quite interesting going into um, match day three. I think there'll be a lot to play for in, in both these groups. I mean, Brazil, I really want to see Brazil tonight and see what they're going to bring to the table um, at this World Cup because so far for me, England, Spain, France, um, the, the winners definitely coming from one of those three. And then we need to see how Brazil look. Oh, I still think Serbia is going to be a difficult game for them. And I'd love Brazil not to go out the group stage as well. It's just, we, we talked about their squad and the, the, the talent they've got in abundance. They don't go that group without getting nine points for me. Yeah, they'll beat Switzerland. Switzerland looked quite poor today. Cameroon looked poor. They'll get six points at least. Do you know what? I think Brazil and Serbia will both qualify from that group. Brazil first, Serbia second. And... I did talk in depth, if you remember, Luke, about uh, Switzerland's uh, qualifying campaign, only conceding two uh, 1-0 win over uh, Cameroon earlier than in the day through a brilliant Bolo goal. Yeah, I mean, the, the mention, somebody mentioned pretty much that this is like the best Switzerland team ever and this is sort of like the, uh, the Swiss golden generation. But they look poor today. They, they, they look like they're just lacking that little bit of... Do you know what they looked a bit like, Wolves? And they just had nothing in the final third. Looked quite flat and one-dimensional in the final third. Obviously, first game in the World Cup, that can all go out the window, you know, two or three games into it. But, I don't know, I wasn't impressed. And I, I think Serbia will beat them. 
bit of a um, developing story with the uh, Scott Sellers sacking Luke is that Matt Hobbs is uh, appearing to become sporting director. What's your thoughts on that? Matt Hobbs recently linked to the uh, sporting director role at Manchester United. I'll be honest, mate, I've never heard of him. <laughs> never heard of him, so I don't know. But yeah, that's my opinion on him. I've never heard of him. Sure, he was linked to um, Manchester United sporting director role the other week, and I feel, I think, if I'm correct, if anyone in the comments section wants to let me know if I'm wrong, I'm sure Matt Hobbs was the one who went to Argentina to try and um, get the Enzo Fernandez deal. So oh, okay. let's uh, let's see how that develops. I think it's a, a bit of good news for the club in general that Scott Sellers has officially left his role yeah, at Warstad because it brings in a new era. Julian Lopetegui is building a backroom staff that I think he can rely on. And uh, hopefully we can kickstart our season and push up the table when we play Gillingham in the Carabao Cup on the 20th of December because that'll be his first game in charge in the dugout at Molyneux. And we... We can go far in the Carabao Cup, Luke. How do you feel about that? We're going to win it, mate. There we've got Lopetegui. We're going to win it. Look at the, some of the teams that I've already got out. Oh, we, we need we need to get... We'll beat Gillingham. We will beat Gillingham. If we can get a favourable tie in the quarters... It'll be the quarters after Gillingham, won't it? Or is it the yep. last... Six? There you go. If we can get a favourable tie in the quarters, I fancy us to, um, to see a semi. It'll be the first time we've seen a semi for a while as well, won't it? It's been a long time, Luke. The one big question, Luke, before we close tonight, uh, I mentioned uh, Lionel Messi losing uh, to Saudi Arabia the other day. All the Messi supporters have been going on and on recently about how his 1,000th game and for the good of football, it would be that it, the World Cup final would be his 1,000th game. Does he get there for you? Or, as you can see at the bottom of our screen, will he be playing Clermont Foot in the French Cup for his 1,000th game? That's going to be his 1,000th game. They'll get knocked out of the group. I mean, he might he might dodge a bullet and not play a couple of games in the league. But if he if he plays every game for PSG after the world after Argentina have been knocked out in the group stage, his 1,000th game will be in the Coupe de France in front of about two and a half thousand people. But do you know what I think has been great about this World Cup? I think we're starting to see the changing of the guard now. Messi. Cycle's coming to an end, yeah, isn't it? Messi. I still feel Ronaldo's got one more World Cup left in him. You reckon? <laughs> he'll just keep playing forever, oh, mate. He'll, 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 refuse to, he'll refuse to retire. But I get another one today. Uh, Suarez, miles off the pace. Yeah. So I, I think I think this World Cup the the end of an era. And we're going to say goodbye to the Messis, the Ronaldos, the, whoever else has been at the top of the game over the last sort of 15 years. And now... We're going to see Mbappe, Bellingham, Foden, Saka, uh, Haaland, if Norway get to the next World Cup. Obviously, Gavi, Pedri from Spain. The new the new generation's coming through. Speaking of the new uh, generation, there's been a lot of um, regen footballers that have appeared in this tournament. Uh, George Weah's son, Timothy Weah. Um, obviously, you've still got Kasper Schmeichel, Peter Schmeichel's son. Um, who was the other one? Um, I can't think who was it. This three, Brennan Johnson, Darren Johnson's son. Did no, it? David Johnson. Nah, there's another one. There's a more well. There's a more well-known one. I can't think who it is now. It's going to really frustrate me. What what footballer from years gone by 
just think about the the, the the sons of famous footballers we had growing up: Jordi Cruyff, Paul Dalglish, um, Darren Ferguson. Oh. Darren Ferguson. Obviously, the you've got the Zidane sons, the Maldini sons, who are at decent levels now. But yeah, yeah, what yeah. player from from when you were growing up would you love to see their son play in this tournament? Maybe Thomas Brolin. Thomas Brolin of Sweden. It, we, we, I was, there was talk about this on a different podcast the other day, is that Thomas Brolin had an, an absolute stormer at World Cup 94, but apart from a little bit of a brief period at Palmer, he was pretty trash. Did all, actually... I remember, all I remember of Thomas Brolin was him being fat at Leeds. Exactly. That's why I think it would be funny, just seeing some fat lad turning up for Sweden and doing absolute bits. But now, one, one, like a bit of a World Cup court hero, maybe like a Mustafa Hadji's son. You know, just some like random, just an iconic Daniel Amakachi, yeah. Daniel Amakachi Junior. Yeah, even though Nigeria haven't even qualified, Ella Kobe's <laughs> son should be playing for Cameroon in this tournament. <laughs> Hopefully, that's a future one. Uh, thanks to everyone that's joined us tonight on the uh, Wolves Fancast World Cup chat show with myself and Luke. Uh, keep following us at Wolves Fancast on social media and uh, drop a like and subscribe to the channel. Hopefully, we'll speak to you guys next week after. Hopefully. I was going to say Wolves beat USA, England beat USA tomorrow night at 7pm. Thanks for joining us. Drop a like. Love you lots. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.